This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's your inside pass to everything Saints football. And the kick is good. We'll take you to places most fans never go. Will Lutz from 60. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room. Following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the 2022 season. That is going to be a touchdown. Taysom Hill. Taysom TD. Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. Brought to you by the Lamarck Automotive Complex. There must be a reason. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby! Well, that sucked. Didn't it? I mean, we're used to it by now, but... <laughs> every every week is something new. Welcome in to Inside Black and Gold. My name is Jeff Nowak, WWL Digital Sports Producer. This is brought to you by the Lamarck Automotive Complex. There must be a reason. And this post-game therapy session feels really necessary. We are recording it right after the game. It is late, but man, it's hard to go to sleep after a game like that. I feel like you just need to go take some shots and <laughs> find a way, find a way to get rid of it. But we're going to get into, you know, kind of my post-game rant uh, about, you know, a, a few things. Uh, and then we're going to answer some questions, however many kind of pile in, uh, in the back half. But, you know, first things first, this is not a good football team. 
just say it straight up. I keep hearing about all the talented players on this team and, and how good the defense is supposed to be and how good the offense is supposed to be. I'm part of that. You know, I, I spent training camp watching this team and I felt like, you know, these players can go out there and win at a high level in the NFL, you know, to this point, seven games, seven weeks of football. That has not been the case, you know, whether it's been mistakes, whether it's just been bad football, it has not been a competitive football team. You know, a lot of times you can look at a two and two and four record, two and five record and say, well, if this had happened, if that had happened, if Will has got it kicked it a foot farther or, you know, if James hadn't gotten hurt, I mean, every season has those mistakes, but this is very much a two and five football team right now. This is not a team that should be able to, that can sit there and say, oh, well, we, we, you know, if a couple things broke our way, no, 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 this is a bad football team. And it's, <laughs> and it's not playing well. And at a certain point, you have to start making changes. I don't know what they are, but you have to start making significant changes to find a way to get this thing working. I kind of got into it with people on Twitter after the game, which was like, okay, the season's not over, right? The season is teetering on the edge of being over. But with the way the NFC is right now, objectively, the season is not over for the Saints. They are two and five. They need to win a lot of their remaining games, but it is not over. The problem isn't that the season's over. The problem is literally nothing you have seen from this team through seven weeks should make you feel like things are on the verge of turning around. Because well, why, well, why would they? Right. I mean, you could say, okay, you can get players back from injuries. You can do this. You can go back to Jameis. You can go get Mike Thomas and Jarvis Landry back. You know, you can get Marshawn Lattimore and Paulson Adebo back, whatever, whatever you want to say. This team didn't play well when they were in there, right? We've seen them all. So, so why would they, them coming back suddenly make this a competitive team again? I don't know. But one way or another, you've got to figure something out. The defense has been a shell of what you expected to see, right? The pass rush was supposed to be a dominant group. It has been anything but that. I think the defensive ends have been fine. The interior defensive rush has been, I don't even know the word for it, but it hasn't been there. Porous, weak, has done nothing. You've gotten nothing out of the interior. I mean, Eno Benjamin going for 100 yards should never be a worse of things that are said. This is a team that, that held opponents without 100 yards rushing for almost three seasons. Now it's like, oh, Eno Benjamin shows up and you can't stop him. I mean, with everything that went wrong in this game, they were still kind of, you could kind of do some mental gymnastics and see yourself having a chance. You know, you still got to a point where you needed an onside kick, but you had a chance. And there was a drive where all the defense had to do was hold to a field goal. And you would keep yourself down 14. The offense goes and drives for a touchdown. And instead of being down 11, you were down, you'd be down seven. And you, know, you give yourself a chance, right? You have all the momentum. You just got the ball ran down your throat by Eno Benjamin. They didn't even have to score on third down. I mean, that can't happen. And and for that for that type of defensive effort to happen under a defensive head coach, I am you have to really seriously question how things are being run on the defensive side of the ball. You know, I don't know whether this this kind of facade from Dennis Allen where everything is fine all the time is real or not. 
I don't know if that's what you're what you're going at with players, but man, it is brutal. And you know, it, it's it's every week. It's, it doesn't matter what happens. This is what this is what Da had to say. You know, regarding that really bizarre halftime interview or post halftime interview where after watching Andy Dalton throw back-to-back pick sixes, you know, the first one admittedly not his fault. Marquez Callaway. I mean, that ball couldn't have been thrown better. Literally hit him on the hands and he just popped it up. Like you can't blame that on the quarterback. You know, you can blame the quarterback for trusting that guy, but you know, if you had to pick a receiver that was on the field, who you'd say has the most reliable hands, it would probably be Marquez. He doesn't get open as well as some other guys, but his hands are good. Uh, and it just went through his hands. And so you can't blame that on him. He he gave Andy a pass on that second pick six, which I wouldn't because, yes, he got hit, but he still, you know, didn't feel that pressure and he still threw it where it was. But he came out, BDA came out after halftime. And and Kaylee Hartung asks, what do you what do you say to, to, to Andy Dalton at halftime after throwing back-to-back pick sixes? He says, keep doing what you're doing. What in the world is that? I mean, like, I get it. You're trying to be motivational, but – not the time and not the emotion that you want to be experiencing from a head coach who's watching a team just go down in flames. And here's what he had to say in that regard. Is there a fine line between encouraging and getting mad when, when mistakes are happening? Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, um, yeah, I think, I think our team knows uh, that they're held accountable. I don't think there's any question that they're held accountable, if that's what the question is. Sure. You know, they may know they're being held accountable, but <laughs> what what is that accountability? Right? What is being changed? What roles are being changed? Where where do you see that accountability taking place? Is it just they the the they they know they have to now sit in a meeting about turning the ball over? <laughs> you know, I I don't know. I don't I don't see that as as a big impact. But you know, there are also questions that I have regarding some decision making, right? This is the second week that Rashid Shaheed has scored a long touchdown and then didn't touch the ball again in the game. Like, I get it. He's a guy you are incorporating into the offense. (laughs) But come on. (laughs) I mean, come on. (laughs) You can get that guy a second touch. At this point, all the evidence is to say every time he touches the ball, it's a touchdown. (laughs) You can't just get him the ball again. I just don't get that. You know, there's a lot of criticism over how Taysom Hill was used. I actually think... You know, I, I was critical of it all week. I'm going to be less critical of it right now because I think they actually did do a good job of getting Taysom Hill involved in that game plan and doing it in ways that were creative. He has struggled to run the ball the last two weeks, but they have been using him in the past game. They have been using him as a receiver, or they did use him as a receiver today. He caught a touchdown. And so, yeah, okay, you can, you, I can get on board with that. He wasn't used in the second half as much, and I also agree with that decision. Right. Because this is a guy who, you know, you are always on alert for him getting hurt in a game. And if you can avoid putting him in a situation where he's going to get hurt in a game that is lost, I am on board with it. If this was a close game, I would expect him to be in there when you were down by 20 points. I don't want Taysom Hill in the game because, you know, the 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 way that he plays and the style of play that he goes out there with he's more likely to get an injury. And you don't want that to happen in a game. It doesn't matter. So. I'm okay with that. I'm not going to complain about Taysom Hill's usage. They did some creative things with him. I thought that that little bubble screen look, that little RPO screen where they had Marquez Callaway, Kevin White, and Alvin Kamara kind of stacked. And it was that quick screen out to Kamara, and it worked on third down for a first down. You know, I thought they did some things there that were interesting. And I think if this game was closer, you would have seen more of that in the second half. So I'm not going to criticize that, right? But I am going to criticize just some of 
some of the play calling, some of the decision making. And I don't know, it, it, it's tough because the offense wasn't the issue beyond the turnovers. The offense actually did move the ball. If you didn't throw back-to-back pick sixes, if you didn't throw an interception in the end zone, you know, I think the offense did enough and it would have been a question of whether the defense could have done enough. I don't know. We'll never know because you, you allowed 14 points without the defense even on the field, which if you told me going in that the, the offense was going to spot the Cardinals 14 points, I would have told you don't watch the game because the Saints are going to lose this game, right? That is not how you're going to win that game, but that's what happened. But yeah, I, I, I think that from a management perspective, from a, production perspective from a coaching perspective you need to adjust I think DA should stop calling defensive plays I mean I said this prior to the game and I feel like I'm even more strongly about it now you know whether he is the best option to be a play caller I don't think that he is the at his best as a head coach on game days when he is calling defensive plays I don't know if he's at his best as a as a head coach period but at least if you hand off the play calling to Ryan Nielsen and focus on doing that job, then we can at least get an idea because I don't think that what you're seeing right now is a very well-coached football team. And, you know, you got to find a way, right? You got to find a way to fix that. But the problem is we're not, we're not hearing that. You know, it's like at a certain point, I would like just kind of like peak Jim Mora just losing it because, because hearing this over and over again, just drives you insane. I mean, it's, it's like, I get what you're doing. I get it. You're trying to port, you're trying to, you're trying to, you know, manifest positivity, but, but this just, Dennis, what, is the, what is the mindset right now of your team? Um, yeah, frustrated, frustrated, but not, uh, not despondent, not, you know, I, we're, we still, Everything that we want to accomplish is still right there out in front of us. And, uh, and I'm fully confident that this team will, will, will put together a string of wins and turn things around. Good use of despondent. I'm a fan of vocabulary. and It's a good use of the word despondent. Otherwise, you can miss me with that. I don't use things need to change because there is nothing about how this team is playing that should make you feel confident that they are going to string wins together. The only positive thing you can say right now is that they have 10 days to get guys healthy, to get them back out on the field and to play winning football because this is it. Your margin is done. Your margin is gone. You have to go on a three to four game winning streak right now and get back to 500 or, you know, at best, at best, you are scrambling the last few weeks of the season, hoping that teams will lose in front of you and you can come back. And, And at that point, at that point, the season is lost. It, it's, we're at a point now that if you had your own first round pick, you would seriously be considering doing what the Panthers are doing and trading off your stars. The Panthers traded Robbie Anderson. They, I don't know if he's technically a star. They traded Christian McCaffrey. I would imagine they trade Brian Burns. They are all in on that number one overall pick, and rightfully so. The only reason, as the Saints, that you wouldn't be considering that is because you went all in and traded your future first round pick for a pick this year. And while I still think Trevor Penning is going to be a solid player, you know, he should be back sometime in November. The season might be gone by the time he gets back. 
And if they, you, you would have never done what you did if you didn't think that you were going to have a capable group on the field this year. And what you have seen is not. Now, the question that we're going to have to ask, and I've, you know, people have been saying, well, stop talking about the quarterback. We, you know, we're not, we don't need to talk about the quarterback. Yes, we do. We do need to talk about the quarterback because you, you didn't have a chance in this game because of the quarterback play. And ag- again, I will give Andy Dalton a pass on one of them because Marquez Calloway needs to catch that ball. Like there's nothing you can do as a quarterback. If you throw a ball into a receiver's hands when he's open, and he pops it up in the air, but that, that interception in the red zone, that's all on him. That interception to Isaiah Simmons, you can say he's a guy hit. That's on him, in my opinion. It didn't get tipped. He threw the ball. It went straight to Isaiah Simmons. That's on him. And Richard Sherman said it at halftime, and I agree with him. You know, if Andy Dalton is in there throwing interceptions, it should be Jameis Winston in there. Because if you're going to have your quarterback throwing interceptions, it might as well be a guy who lets you be more explosive. And I don't know how close Jameis Winston is to being 100% healthy. I don't think he has to be 100% healthy because who is, right? This is the NFL, like no one's 100% healthy. It's a question of whether he's healthy enough to play. And I think that if he is at that mark where he's healthy enough to play, you go back to him in week eight and you hope that you can find a way to turn things around. Because if this is going to go off the rails, I'd at least have it. I'd, I'd like to at least have it going off the rails with the quarterback that it was supposed to be from the beginning, right? I don't want to see this season completely nosedive with 35-year-old Andy Dalton at quarterback. I don't because you're not going to come back next season with 35-year-old Andy Dalton at quarterback. But if you can find a way to engineer a turnaround and this team starts playing reasonable football, you know the way you do that is with Jameis Winston coming in and playing at a level that you think he's capable of playing at, which is the level of a number one overall pick who can make things happen down the field and you know, at the end of the day, it's tough because I don't know if this, if this defense is good enough, right? That's one of the reasons that I think you do have to go to James Winston because this defense ain't stopping anybody, right? You know, and, and obviously you don't have Marshawn Lattimore. He's going to come back. You'll be, you'll be a better defense. You know, Pete Werner has been great. I think DeMario, you know, he's still playing well, but I don't think that he is having the impact that you saw from him the last few seasons. And, you know, maybe part of that is the players around him. You know, he, he's trying to, he has to do a lot more to make up for that. But, you know, right now you're looking at Chris Harris. I actually thought if you want to take one bright spot away from this game, I thought Alante Taylor played pretty solid, right? He had, he had a few tough moments. You don't want to match up your rookie defensive back with DeAndre Hopkins, right? That's not something that's going to go well for him. But I thought he did play well, right? He had a few really nice reps. He forced a punt or he forced a long field goal in coverage against DeAndre Hopkins on that first drive. He forced an offensive pass interference by Rondale Moore in the end zone because he had him blanketed. That's good for Alante. He held up downfield on Robbie Anderson. I think he got away with a little bit of hold. But, you know, like people came at me in the in the draft season talking about why did you take a cornerback in the second round? <laughs> Where would you have been without him if you didn't take a cornerback in the second round? Who would you have been playing, right? Bryce Thompson? I mean, so, you know, I will never I will never fault a team for loading up at cornerback. And you, t- tonight, it was exactly why that was. And if you're looking for a bright spot in this game, I think Elante Taylor is a player that is going to be very good in this league for a long time. I don't know what his role is going to be going forward, but he's going to be a factor on this defense. And, you know, it's like, if you start to blow things up, 
right? If you start to have to blow things up, which I think at two and five, nothing is off the table, right? If you, if you can string, like I said, you have to string wins together now. You have, if you come back and you win three, four games in a row and you get back to 500 and you, you can stop talking about blowing it up. But as long as you are looking at sub 500 football with an aging team, you know, and no set quarterback, blowing it up might be the smart thing to do. A lot of people came to this season, you know, and, and said, you know, the Saints are foolish for going all in with this roster, with this situation, without a quarterback, with a guy you don't trust in Jameis Winston and, and Andy Dalton, whatever. And, you know, the smart thing to do might have been to tear it down, keep your first round pick, trade off some of your star players and get assets and rebuild and make sure the quarterback in there is the quarterback that you want and you can build around. The Saints decided not to do that. And so now you are your 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 issue is not whether it's the smart thing to do. Your issue is you've already sunk in cost into this season and to start rebuilding in midseason when you've already traded your first round pick. All that means is you're going to make Philadelphia's pick better. <laughs> you know, uh, so I, I don't know how you do it. And, and it's like, you know, people say fire Dennis Allen, you know, I think the thing that probably saves his job more than anything else is you're not going to bring in another head coach and say, oh, okay, you don't have a first round pick next year. You don't have a quarterback. <laughs> you know, you don't have any way to go get a quarterback. You know, you have the oldest roster. You're one of the oldest rosters in the NFL. Good luck. You know, that's not who wants that job. Right. <laughs> At this point, this roster and this situation is, is in a, is in shambles. Who are you hiring? You know? And so like, that's where you have to, you have to, the people in the room have to figure it out. And it's got to start now. All right, let's hit a quick break and we're going to come back and hit viewer questions. I'm sure they're very kind. And you've been listening to Inside Black and Gold, brought to you by the Lamarck Automotive Complex. There must be a reason. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, let's start going through some of these questions here. Um, you know, a lot of them are just angry. You know, Lawrence Garrison says, demote Pete Carmichael now. <laughs> I mean... I don't, I don't know what that's going to do for you. Like, like I said, the offense outside of the, the interceptions, which is not on the play caller, I thought was reasonable, right? You know, I thought they did some interesting things in the second half. They did some interesting things with Jameis Winston. Jawan Johnson had a really nice game. Um, Chris Olave takes some of the biggest hits you ever see. I don't know if it's because you're forcing a ball to him. Um, I don't know if it, you're, you're putting him in bad spots. You know, I don't know if it's just because he's small and when he takes hits, they look bigger. But man, that guy, he, he's going to get concussion after concussion if you don't if you don't take care of him. Um, so that's something. But, you know, I, I I actually thought that Pete Carmichael did fine in this game. I, I didn't have any issue with the play calling. Um, I had issues with virtually everything else. But I think Pete Carmichael gets a pass in this one. Oh, body says, all I'm going to say is DA's win percentage is 238. Who is the mastermind behind this hire? You know, yeah, I mean, going in, you could say, you know, it's unfair 
to judge Dennis Allen by what happened out in Oakland because the team was set up to fail and they didn't have any picks. They didn't have a quarterback, blah, blah, blah. And, and it, it crashed and burned. He learned from his mistakes, all this, all that. And, you know, I think that to an extent you did, you buy that. Like it's, it's a reasonable thing. And he came in here and he masterminded the, the kind of resurrection of this defense into a group that you, you felt like could win a, could win a Super Bowl, And, you know, you give a guy credit for that. Now you start to, you see kind of how things have gone and you can, you can kind of draw similar lines. And I don't think that, that he's incapable of turning this around, but you, you know, the longer it goes on, you, you know, it's like when, when, when it's a, you when it quacks like a duck and it walks like a duck it's a it's a it's a bad football coach and and i don't i mean i I don't know like it's just all the evidence points to one thing and you know i think you're 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 riding this out you're 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 staying the course and you're seeing if you know this is an aberration you can get there because there's no alternative like it's not like there's anything you can do what what, what's what's going to be better if you fire a guy mid-season it's you know it's a lost season if you fire a guy versus not firing a guy and at least you're giving him a chance uh so i don't i don't see why you would be better off getting rid of somebody but you know it's the numbers are aren't lying <laughs> exodia the god great name i'm a big Yu-Gi-Oh fan he says why waste digital space talking about that debacle you know i agree with you i would just as soon go to bed but you know i have a job to do saints fan for life who has a Andy Dalton uh, picture as his YouTube channel it says Sean Payton just needs to come back. He was in the building. Drew Brees was there too. Maybe they can get together and say, Hey, you want to make a comeback? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think so, but uh, you know, a girl can dream. Sammy's world says we are the team that other bad teams love to play. And I am going to have a hard time disagreeing with that. The Panthers went a full calendar year without winning a game at home. The Saints come to town, and they look dominant. <laughs> Two weeks later, their coach is fired. The Cardinals lose eight straight home games. The Saints come to town, and they look dominant. They win. Well, they only won by eight, but we all know that that game was not that close. You know? <laughs> like, it's not just that the Saints have lost games. The, you know what? You know, I've watched the Raiders play. Right, I've watched that team look good and lose close games. I've watched the Bengals play. I've watched that team lose three games on walk-off field goals. That is not what's been happening to the Saints. They have been playing badly and losing games. In the fact, you know, you did you, you. This team could be zero and seven. There, there is a reality where this is an zero and seven football team. It took a franchise record comeback to win in Week One. You were down thirty two thirty one to the Seahawks in the fourth quarter after blowing a thirty one nineteen lead in about four minutes, and you got rescued by Taysom Hill running for sixty yards and the Seahawks being unable to stop him. Like you're a lot closer to being an zero and seven team than a five hundred team, and and that's. That's not what any good team ever says. <laughs> Saints fan for life says minus those two pick sixes, we win this game. I mean, yeah, I mean, at a certain point, there's a lot of things that could go differently. But the fact is this team didn't play well. And 
once once you're down 20 points, you, you know, the, the defense also allowed a long scoring drive and a two point conversion prior to that. You know, so you had already blown that lead. I don't know if the Saints win this game. You know, they, it's it's easy to point to, oh, well, they outscored the, the Cardinals in the second half and blah, blah, blah. And they made it close. But the game wouldn't have played out that way if you didn't have those pick sixes. Exodia, the God, again, the lack of tackling by those lightweight corners and safeties is atrocious. Yeah, I mean, the tackling, <laughs> I don't know how many missed tackles there were in this game, but man it had to be double digits and we've seen it, you know, it's not new. It's been a problem. You know, people want to pin it on Tyron Matthew. Uh, you know, you brought him in, he's a five, nine safety. He's not going to be your leading tackler. <laughs> you know, if, uh, and if the, and if it gets to him where he needs to come and make a tackle, that means someone in front of him screwed up, right? He's supposed to be the back end, but you know, he hasn't been good in that regard. And the bigger issue is you're not forcing turnovers. Right. Like, how is it possible that like even dumb luck, you should have more than one interception, like even just a tipped ball that goes in. Like there haven't even been close misses on interceptions. Like, think about that. Like, you know, you watch games and every now and then it's like, oh, the ball slipped through his hands. You know, if he was a if if he, you know, if he had better hands, he'd be a wide receiver. You know, you hear that line a lot when the ball bounces off a defensive back's hands. You don't even see that. Like they've not even been close on interceptions and I don't know, you know, part of it is being a man to man heavy team. And you know, you're, you have your back turned, it's harder to get interceptions when, you know, it's easier to get interceptions in zone coverage. Uh, but you know, uh, this is defense just doesn't look right. Danny Trent. <laughs> he says, I've beefed a loyal fan. I think he meant Ben. He says, I've been a loyal fan for over 45 years. For the first time, I didn't watch a single snap. I DVR'd it and would have watched it if we had won. I'm tired of not winning. We haven't won two in a row since November of 2020. That's a good stat. I will not watch another Saints game until we can win two in a row. I'm sick of the win-lose, win-lose pattern. Well, at this point, it's not a win-lose, win-lose pattern. <laughs> if that was the case, you'd be 500. It's a win-lose-lose, win-lose-lose-lose. But yeah, and I don't blame you. As someone who did not grow up watching this team, <laughs> and I just came down here and was like, man, what should I do on Sunday? I, are, are the Pelicans playing? <laughs> like, I, I have to watch the games. It's my job to watch the games. But th these games have been brutal. Like, this has not been fun. This has not been fun football for anybody. For anybody. And I don't, I don't know how you fix it, but, man, there was a time when I would never have thought about saying that for the Saints. This is not a fun football team in any respect. Warren Duncan, Sean Payton would have lit into Andy for all three interceptions. You know, I don't think he would have lit into him for that first pick six because there's nothing. Like he would have lit into Marquez Callaway, no doubt, because that was 100%. Like, like there are times where it's like, oh, you don't want to let the quarterback off because he did this and blah, blah. In that case, literally, Marquez Callaway was open. Andy Dalton threw a perfect pass. Marquez Callaway had both hands on it, and then it bounced up and fell directly into Marco Wilson's hands. <laughs> like there's nothing you can do as a quarterback. So I'm not going to hold that one against him, but I agree. He would have lit into him for that one in the red zone and for that, that one right after the pick six. And, you know, partially because, you know, right when you, when you allow a pick six like that, that is such a momentum shift. And a punt there is not the end of the world. The only thing you can't do is turn the ball over again. <laughs> and whether he got hit 
fine. He's like, you have to be cognizant of where you are in the field and what happens if you throw a wobbly pass over the middle, especially to Isaiah Simmons, who is probably the fastest guy on the field. Yeah, I, I, I think the culture, you, you, we, the, the reason you have Dennis Allen in there, the reason he got the job is because you're trying to maintain a culture. And that culture of kind of um, accountability doesn't feel like it's there. Sammy's world, the CD deuce trade looks extra bad. Yes, sure does. <laughs> I mean, I, it does, it, it feels like, you know, it, it's hard to quantify. It's hard to quantify like energy and kind of juice. I think that's what the saints would call it. It's, it, it's hard to just like swagger, like just a guy who's not going to let you get punked. And I don't know if this defense has that anymore. Especially, you know, with, with Marshawn off the field, with Paulson off the field, you know, with, with, with your stars not there, it just, it feels, it feels like a team without an identity. And I don't, and I, and I think that trading CJ was a part of that, right? Like it's a culture thing. And, you know, it's, it's like you're trading him because you don't want to pay him and you don't see the value in, in safeties but I don't, I don't like it. Um, and I, I don't think it was a good way to go about this season. I've been on, I've gone on record saying that that's not new. I think it was a mistake. And I think you're still seeing the kind of the, uh, the product of that. David Weil with a good question. Why did we kneel it? Why did we kneel on it with 40 seconds left in the first half? We were down two touchdowns at the time. Well, you had just thrown two pick sixes and you were like, man, are we going to throw another one? But no, it was like objectively, I mean, that's bad. That is a bad look. If you can't trust, you have two timeouts and 40 seconds and a kicker who you trust from 61 yards. I get it. You're at your own 10. I mean, they're going to go in a shell and you just need to pick up 20, 30 yards in the middle of the field with two timeouts. And at that point in the game, they did not trust Andy Dalton to stand back there and not turn it over. And that's, you know, that's why when, when DA comes out after halftime and says, keep doing what you're doing, what, what, How, uh, uh, you, you literally just took a knee when you need points, you have the ball and you don't get it after halftime. And you're just like, nah, no, nah, we'll sit on this. Like, that's, that's not what you do with a quarterback that you trust. Uh, you know, we came to this game with with Ian Rappaport saying, you know, they like his calming influence. Did anything about that game feel calm to you? Because <laughs> it didn't feel calm to me. I'm not calm right now. <laughs> oh, man. Bobby Morris, they need to put the third string quarterback in. I think this is a, I, I think you're saying Jameis Winston, which is just funny. I read this the first time and I wasn't sure who you were talking about. But yeah, uh, if you're referring to Jameis, I agree. If he's healthy enough to go in, he should he should be the starter in week eight. Um, because you know, it's like what what's what what's worse, right? You 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 all you hear was, you know, we trust Andy. We trust Andy. Well, that let you down. Brian Russell, so what's the solution? They are screwed for at least two seasons with no first round pick. Right. That's why the solution is the guys in the building have to fix this <laughs> and you have to find a way because one way or another, you're not getting that first round pick back. You know, you're not going to be able to go and draft a quarterback high in the first round because you, because you tank the season. Right. So, uh, you know, and yeah, I mean, that's the solution. <laughs> 
fix it. Randall Ofrecht, offense wasn't the problem, people. Well, I mean, like overall, the offense I thought was fine, but you turned the ball over three times and two of them ended up in the end zone. So that's not great. But no, I mean, I I generally agree with you, but, you know, there, there are instances where two plays can decide a game. And that's what happened tonight, right? Like, you know, we can complain about the defense all we want. That was an undermanned group on the outside. And if you went to that game hoping that they were going to lock down and and clamp on this team, you know, w- once Paulson Adebo wasn't in there and you're relying on Chris Harris, you know, he's on the practice squad, guys. He's not even on the active roster. I mean, he was on this couch until three weeks ago. Like, that was never going to work in terms of like you were going to have to outscore points, which you did. And you were going to have to play clean and which you didn't not even close to it. And you were also going to have to find a way to create turnovers. And that's just, you know, it hasn't happened, right? Like, like I said before, you haven't even had close interceptions. You haven't had forced fumbles that the other team recovered. It just, you haven't gotten close to it. Like, it's not a matter of the ball bouncing a certain way. You just haven't done it. Also, I would like to say that it is ridiculous how many questions are in here at 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> it's almost midnight. How are we have this many questions? So I'm going to have to cut this off at some point. But we're going to get into a couple more. Even with the 14 points off pick sixes, we still scored enough points to win the game. People do the math. No, you didn't. Oh, come on. No, you cannot give the offense a pass. For for spotting a team 14 points. You know, you scored points in the second half because the Cardinals were up by 20. <laughs> Come on. No, there, there's enough blame to go around here. And the offense is, is well on that. You know, you keep calling it 34 points. Like, great, cool. <laughs> like, what? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. You put up points in the fourth quarter with the Cardinals being like, cool, good job. We're going to burn clock and you're going to score like (laughs) good stuff. Joshua, not to stir any controversy, but imagine if Jameis throws those picks, y'all will be lighting him up crickets when it's anyone else. You know, I, I, I'm not giving him a pass. I'm giving him a pass on that one. The same way that I'm not going to criticize Jameis for throwing an interception on a hail Mary. Right. Like, like I think that the, the five interception total, is overblown because you know, the situations that he was in in a couple of those, you know, the bucks game was the only one where you could say, okay, those interceptions were rough. Um, but the ones against the Panthers, I don't care. It was a tip ball and it was the, the hail Mary. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm no, no, those were bad interceptions. Yeah. I don't know why even the broadcast, even the broadcast, Kirk Herbstreit was driving me nuts. It was like, you're talking about, Oh yeah. Andy Dalton, you know, he doesn't throw an interception. Then he threw an interception. You're like, wow. So unusual. He threw an interception. He throws another one. Wow. Crazy. He threw an interception. Come on. <laughs> like, like you have a narrative. I guess you want to stick to it, but geez, Louise. Randall Ofrecht, hate to say it, but Atlanta is the best team in the South. How wild is it going to be when they end up winning the division? Because <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, they might be the best division, the team in the South. Like the, the Bucs should be that. The Saints should be better than they are. But, you know, you know, Atlanta might be the host, most cohesive team. <laughs> John Jones, people at work are clowning me. Yeah, yeah I believe it. Um, this is not a, not stuff you want to bring up at work. 
Brian Russell says fire sale. Yeah, I don't think you're there yet, but you're you're getting close. Tanner Houdet Dupard DA appears to lack confidence as a head coach, and it resonates in every aspect of the team. Players and coaches won't say it because DA is a nice guy, but they know it and play like a team searching for an identity. Will Loomis stay loyal to DA at two and eight? I would guess yes. That I don't think you are firing Dennis Allen midseason. I don't think that would benefit you because it's not like you were in a situation where you could fire Dennis Allen and install somebody else and just move on. If, if you're, if you are tearing it down, you are tearing it down to the studs and not wanting to do that is the reason he is the head coach or to an extent, right? Like I think he impressed people and that's why he made him the head coach. So I don't think you're, you're, you're changing your jumping ship mid season. You know, it's a discussion to be had in the off season, but it would take losing the locker room, in my opinion, because firing a coach midseason, things have to get real ugly. Things have to get like what they were in Carolina. And I don't think that that's going to happen. You know, it's it's a team that's not playing well, but it's not a team that's playing that's not playing well in spite of its coach. Right. You don't have any like Robbie Anderson situations where he's like, you know, showing guys up on the field and blah, blah, blah. Like you don't have that. And, you know, unless you did, then then I wouldn't I don't think that you would you would even consider it. Um, but you know, it's, it's a conversation and, you know, at a certain point you just have a bad season at a certain point you are a bad team and you have a bad season and you can't fire a coach every time you have a bad season, right? It's, it's gotta be more, it's gotta be deeper than that. It's gotta be more at a, at a more institutional level than that. And to fire a coach, it would require you to not have the faith of the players, not have the faith of the front office and and them not feeling like you can turn things around. As long as they feel that way, you're not going to fire the coach. And I and I don't think that you're going to fire DA. Your, DA is going to get at least two seasons, in my opinion, because there's so much invested in maintaining that culture. You know, you might replace coordinators, you might do something, but I think you're going to give him a second season one way or the other. So, so that's why it's like, you know, we can complain all we want. It's a matter of them turning it around and playing better. Because the players are there, David Weil. Let's get, yeah, we can finish off on this. LOL, calming influence. So, you know that that was the thing. It was when when Ian Ian came out with that report and they were talking about Andy Dalton's calming influence. And then you and then you watch this game and it looks like everyone's playing with their heads on fire. <laughs> but that but that calming influence though, the calming influence on those back to back pick sixes and the game falls apart. I, yeah, I, I didn't feel calm. I don't know if anyone felt calm. Um, anyway, I hope this was cathartic for everyone. My name is Jeff Nowak, WWL digital sports producer. This has been inside black and gold brought to you by the Lamarck automotive complex. We answered a bunch of questions. You know, we, we ranted it out. There's 10 days, you get 10 days to figure it out, you know, and, and we're at a point in the season now where it's like, you know, every, every game to this point, it was like, okay, if they just win one game, you'll feel like things are back on track and you'll be right there. Now you you are beyond that. Now one win would only be like, okay, now it has to be a winning streak. You know, it has to be two, three. And, you know, when you can't win a single game, it's hard to, it's hard to be, be optimistic about a winning streak. But hey, you know, football, this is what it is. Let's see it. All right, y'all. Till next time. Peace.